In 2018, Donald Trump signed an executive order on foreign interference in our elections. And Trump supporters are crossing their fingers, hopeful that something is going to come out. And within 45 days after an election, a report will be issued and then some action could be taken within 45 days after that. Seems to be a whole lot of wishful thinking, to be completely honest. I know a lot of people don't want to see Trump leave office and they really like the guy and think Biden is awful. And I agree. I just don't see this playing out the way they think it will. And ever since I've read this executive order, I've not seen what Trump could actually do with it in the event that he loses, but there was some kind of foreign interference. But things are getting spicy. There's good news and there's bad news. Catherine Herridge of CBS says Director of National Intelligence Ratcliffe confirms China election interference, but not just China. In this tweet, she appeared on CBS saying, that there were reports, uh, DNI Ratcliffe has told CBS News there was foreign election interference by China, Iran, and Russia in November of this year. More to come. Maybe this is the good news that Trump supporters need. Trump will enact this executive order. He will say, we found the interference. We found the manipulation. It was China. And dare I say, my friends, that is not fraud. You see, YouTube has said, If you claim two things, one, there's widespread fraud or error, and two, it changed the outcome, they will remove your content. But what do you call it when the manipulation of our election came from a foreign adversary? That's not fraud. That's interference, I guess, manipulation, but not fraud. So I wonder if you can say these two things, that there was widespread manipulation by China and it changed the outcome of the election. Perhaps. I don't know. I'm not going to mess around, though, and we'll just keep it. We'll leave it there. But here's the bad news. There's also more good news. Hold on. The Intel community assessment delayed amid dispute over whether China sought to influence the 2020 election. You see, now what we're hearing is that Trump's secret plan to use this executive order to try and retain control, retain control of the White House was thwarted by deep state adversaries and the national intelligence agencies blocking Ratcliffe from actually being being able to issue his report in a timely manner so Trump could take action. And that's where we're at right now. While DNI Ratcliffe is saying there's foreign interference, they have not put out their report and it may not actually come out until January. Now, here's where things kind of don't make sense. I mean, I don't see why that matters. People are saying it's not going to come out in the 45 days it needs to. Therefore, it's too late. The Electoral College has already voted and their their votes provided Joe Biden with a majority. So why would it matter if it came out now or it came out in early January? In fact, maybe if you want to just keep playing conspiratorial games, you can say it's all part of Trump's 4D chess. You see, they're actually waiting till just before the electoral vote count to drop this information so that people will object to the votes. Maybe. I just really don't think so. If Trump had a path to victory, I think he would have gone through the courts. It would have happened much sooner. And the longer this goes on, the less likely it is that like extremely unlikely that Trump pulls anything off. I mean, I was even talking to Alex Jones, who made that comment. And, and he was out. He's out rallying for Trump, saying, stop the steal. And he was like, Texas was really the last best effort to overturn this. And now we're talking about a super ridiculous Hail Mary, if anything. Yeah maybe a 0.01% chance. But a lot of people, you got to pay attention to what's going on with this foreign interference because it's not just what's happening with Ratcliffe. What if I were to tell you that while there is a dispute 
among the intelligence uh, agencies as to whether or not there was manipulations of our election and that Donald Trump is not going to be able to invoke this. What if I also told you the mainstream media is adamant? We have just been hit by the largest wide scale, widespread hack in our history. My friends, I give you from The New York Times, just currently trending on Twitter. I was the Homeland Security Advisor to Trump. We're being hacked. The magnitude of this national security breach is hard to overstate. And they say that this hack, the SolarWinds hack, may have been going on for six months and it affected everything, all these different agencies. Now, of course, many people might actually be saying, but Tim, it, you, look, they, they hacked the, the military and, and, and the Treasury and Commerce and all these departments. That's not how the vote happens. Okay. What about Dominion voting machines? What about uh, Dominion voting machines? Take a look at this tweet. This is going around from the Trump, from, from many Trump supporters of CodeMonkeyZ who said, Dominion voting systems uses SolarWinds products and is still not powered down. Was Dominion voting systems a target? Was Dominion voting systems hacked? Those are questions, not statements. On the Dominion voting website, you can see for their file sharing, there is the SolarWinds logo. That's legit. Now, Dominion has removed that from the website, and they say they've never used the Orion software from SolarWinds, which was the target of the hack. That's fantastic. Glad to hear it. Now, let's get some investigators to go down to Dominion and actually check. That's it. I don't care what they say. This is circumstantial evidence that solar winds worldwide was being used in some capacity on Dominion. And maybe the specific tool set that was compromised was not used by Dominion. That's wonderful. It's amazing. We'd love some hard confirmation. We'd love Dominion to uh, uh, submit their, their files or for a forensic analysis on their machines to make sure they weren't victims. I don't see why that's controversial. That's the crazy thing to me. When we say, like, we want an investigation, make everyone feel better, and they say no, I'm like, what? Why would you block the investigation? Seriously. No one's going to leak any proprietary information or anything like that. Not, not to mention, I think Dominion, if you're going to be involved in our election systems, there's probably got to be some, like, open source programming on these machines. I'll tell you what. You want to do electronic tabulation then all of the machines should be electronically displaying everything with cameras on them in real time so everyone can just watch as the count goes in. Better, yet, But, you know, then the problem is you got to connect it to the Internet. So I think the best thing is probably just, you know, paper ballots, maybe. But this is leading to what the Daily Dot says, how the SolarWinds hack became the new focus of election fraud conspiracies. Listen, the media likes to play this game where they come out and they say, People are just saying, you know, there's this, that, or this. What a conspiracy theory. Bro, you can't just say something is a conspiracy theory with no investigation. Ron is asking questions, not making assessments. He said, was the system targeted? Was it target? Was the system hacked? Those are very important questions, considering we are being told this is the magnitude of this national security breach is hard to overstate. Okay, then let's not overstate it. Let's get to work and go through everything with a fine tooth comb, including Dominion voting systems. And I'll tell you this, if you don't, if you don't and you refuse, then what's to stop Trump from invoking his executive order or declaring an emergency and saying, here's an image of Dominion voting systems using solar winds. Here's the New York Times saying this is a massive, you know, one of the biggest cybersecurity breaches ever. 
Regular people are going to be like, that's enough for me. That's it. That's the legitimacy Trump needs. That's it. You need to investigate this now and, 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 and quash it if it's not true. You can't just put in an article and saying, but they denied it. So we're done. No, we don't take people's words for it. We say, okay, that's great. Thank you for your cooperation. Now, can we get a forensic analysis on your machine or machines or servers? It's the same thing with the voting machines. When, when, when Trump and his allies, you know, and, and Trump supporters, Trump and his allies, when the Trump supporters say, like, we want an investigation, we want an analysis on these machines, the correct answer is only, okay, that's it. Why say no? Why block this? Why block any of it? That's crazy. It's because what we're really dealing with is not the truth, but legitimacy. A fight from the mainstream establishment and media organizations to maintain an, an image and evidence that comes out that may not even be definitive could still show, you know, reasonable doubt, I suppose. Like, like this, uh, this image from Dominion Voting Systems website. If you were to tell me, as the CEO of Dominion, we do not use solar winds. It's just we are not breached. Uh-huh. Well, I have doubts about that statement because it's on your website. Okay. Now, would you like to explain what you were using? And then would you like to prove it? By perhaps showing us, you know, a forensic image of your machines, maybe allow someone to go and check. No one's going to leak your private information or anything like that. There's no reason to block this. More importantly, I think it should be a criminal investigation. Not, not that the Dominion or anybody did anything criminal. I'm saying we need subpoena power to go in and, and investigate this stuff. Well, let's do this. Let's jump over to what's going on with, with the DNI, right? So this is where it's interesting. Many people thought this was the report that was going to basically give Trump his secret weapon, but it's being blocked by the deep state. Fox News reports the 2020 intelligence community assessment focused on foreign election influence will be delayed. Fox News has learned amid a dispute among senior intelligence analysts over whether China sought to influence the election. This afternoon, the DNI was notified by career intelligence officials that the intelligence community will not meet the December 18th deadline set by executive order and Congress to submit the IC's classified assessment on foreign threats to the 2020 U.S. election. Amanda Schach, assistant DNI for strategic communication, said in a statement to Fox News, the IC has received relevant reporting since the election and a number of agencies have not finished coordinating on the product. The DNI is committed to providing this report to our customers expeditiously. Customers, the report was expected to be released by Friday, but sources familiar told Fox News that there is a dispute within the intelligence community over what should be included in the 2020 ICA. Sources told Fox News the number of senior intelligence analysts are adamant that China sought to influence the 2020 presidential election, while a number of others are downplaying China's activities surrounding the election. And how much do you want to bet there's partisan lines between them that the ones who are saying, no, 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 not China. We don't care that these are probably somewhat pro Biden people and the people saying, yes, China, probably somewhat pro Trump. And I'm not saying that their 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 assessment is motivated by their their you know political tribe, but that their political tribe may be motivated by their assessment. If you are reading all of this stuff and you see that China is doing, you know, you see this evidence of China, you say, wow, Trump was right. All of a sudden, now you're probably going to agree with Trump. If you're reading and say, I don't know about this, doesn't make sense. No, Trump is wrong. You're probably going to agree with Biden. So correlation causation, right? They say some analysts claim that China's efforts were minimal or only plans that ultimately were not acted upon, while others are arguing there is ample raw evidence about China's intentions and actions. Bloomberg first reported the dispute. When asked where Director of National Intelligence John Radcliffe stands, 
A senior intelligence official told Fox News that, quote, all that Ratcliffe wants is for the intelligence to be reflected accurately and honestly with regard to China and everything else. An intelligence official with experience in analytic disputes told Fox News that, quote, proper analytic tradecraft would stipulate that when there are competing views like this, that both views should be captured in the report. Former acting DNI Richard Grinnell seemed to echo that sentiment on Wednesday, tweeting that Ratcliffe is, quote, standing up for career analysts who want their views to be accurately reflected. In other words, fighting to keep intelligence from being politicized. In October, Ratcliffe and FBI, uh, Ratcliffe and FBI Director Christopher Wray warned that Russia and Iran were attempting to influence the 2020 election. Ratcliffe at the time said the intelligence community discovered interference from Iran, saying it was designed to incite social unrest and damage President Trump. These actions are desperate attempts by desperate adversaries, Ratcliffe said at the time, noting that intimidating emails were sent to Democrats in battleground states such as Florida, Arizona and Pennsylvania appeared to be aimed at intimidating them into voting for President Trump. The emails falsely purported to be from the Proud Boys and warned that we will come after you if the recipients didn't vote to reelect Trump. China was not mentioned during that briefing. So here's what they were saying early on. You had the, the, the DNI, you had high ranking uh, officials say Russia and Iran. Well, we went through the whole Russia thing. Sure. Fine. We get a consensus that Russia's trying to interfere and that they did. Well, then I think Trump needs to invoke some kind of national uh, national security executive order or something like that, right? Because this is a story from the New York Times. This is from Thomas P. Bossert, who writes, at the worst possible time, when the U.S. is at its most vulnerable during a presidential transition and a devastating public health crisis, the networks of federal government and much of corporate America are compromised by a foreign nation. We need to understand the scale and significance of what is happening. Last week, the cybersecurity firm FireEye said it had been hacked and that its clients, which include the U.S. government, had been placed at risk. This week, we learned that SolarWinds, a publicly traded company that provides software to tens of thousands of government and corporate customers, was also hacked. The attackers gained access to SolarWinds software before updates of that software were made available to its customers. Unsuspecting customers then downloaded a corrupted version of that software, which included a hidden backdoor that gave hackers access to the victim's network. This is what is called a supply chain hack, meaning the pathway into the target networks relies on access to a supplier. Supply chain attacks require significant resources and sometimes years to execute. They are almost always the product of a nation state. Evidence in the SolarWinds attack points to the Russian intelligence agency known as the SVR, whose tradecraft is among the most advanced in the world. According to SolarWinds SEC filings, the, mal the malware was on the software from March to June. Whoa, wow. The number of organizations that downloaded the corrupted update could be as many as 18,000, which includes most federal government unclassified networks and more than 425 Fortune 500 companies. The magnitude of this ongoing attack is hard to overstate. The Russians had have access to a considerable number of important and sensitive networks for six to nine months. The Russian SVR will surely have used its access to further exploit and gain administrative control over the networks. It considered priority targets for those targets. The hackers will have long ago moved past their entry point, covered their tracks and gained what experts call persistent access, meaning the ability to infiltrate and control networks in a way that is hard to detect or remove. Let me just break it down before I put it simple. The door was left open. So basically, people all have this software and they're waiting for an update. Guy knocks on the door and he says, yo, it's FedEx. 
They open the door. I shouldn't drag FedEx into this. Delivery man says, hey, I got a package. People open the door, assuming it's a legit delivery man, take the package. And then as they turn around, dude puts a ruler in the door to jam it open. They walk away, not realizing the door has now been propped open. But that door can't be propped open forever. Eventually, somebody notices. They finally noticed, what, eight months later, 10 months later? Wow. Yeah, eight, eight or nine months later. Well, once the door was propped open and that person walked away, they go inside and they walk over to a couple of the rooms and they unlock all the windows. Now you got to figure out which windows are unlocked, but you got a massive building with 100 floors and all of these different doors and windows and, you know, there's transport to other buildings. Man, you got to track down every single hole. And worse still, this guy didn't just open all the windows. He went down into a couple of the basements and dug some holes, covered them up. How are you going to find those? That's basically what happened. So when they told us for four years that Russia did all of this stuff, okay, well, Donald Trump passed, uh, signed an executive order to deal with things like this because of Russian interference. Hey, look, our intelligence agency said it over and over again. Even Ratcliffe, even the people Trump put in are saying, yeah, we see Russia doing this stuff. Okay. Well, now we're being told that we don't even know the magnitude of this because they have gotten, they've gained persistent access. That's crazy. And they say that we, we're not, we're, it's going to make it extremely difficult to get rid of that. Now that you understand they use the SolarWinds software, I throw it back to this Daily Dot article. The Dominion voting systems did use, let, let me see if I can pull up this, uh, this archive. They did use SolarWinds. Here, here's here's, the, here's uh, uh, the Wayback Machine. This is DominionVoting.com. The uh, subdomain is DVS Fileshare, and we can see SolarWinds as listed on the Dominion voting website. Okay. Dominion says that's not true. That's that's wonderful. That's that's excellent. It kind of makes me feel a little bit better. I'm, I, I'd love to believe it. If they came out and said it was true, I'd be like more freaking out. Right. So Dominion says, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Not true. Good, good, good. Great, great. That's 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 fantastic. Uh, uh, Dominion, thank you so much for confirming that to us. Uh, the investigators will be there. Uh, you know, can you do tomorrow at 9 a.m. To, to grab a forensic image of all of your machines? And we'll probably need to confiscate some of those servers to make sure that they weren't compromised. But but thank you for your statement. I don't care what he says. OK, it may make me a little bit more comfortable knowing he didn't say, yes, we use we use solar winds. But just coming out and being like, don't worry, it's fine. Nah, <laughs> no, it isn't. But I'll tell you what, there's no political willpower at all. I don't know. You know, look, Christmas is around the corner. That's going to be a nice little little day off. It just snowed. It was a big old nor'easter blizzard slammed into the East Coast. And the other day, we all ran outside and threw some old skateboard decks in the snow and tried riding them down the hill and falling down. It was fun. There's some things you can do to get your mind off of things. But while all of this is going down, this may be some one of the most consequential periods in American history. We have a presidential election. That is currently in dispute. I know the Electoral College cast their votes. The votes were for Joe Biden in the majority, over 270. But there's still going to be the January 6th uh, uh, vote count. That's when we officially determine the president-elect. I think it's very clearly Joe Biden, as I've been saying over and over again. But uh, but Trump is still disputing this. And you got 74 million Trump supporters who are not backing down. There is still a dispute over what's going on. And it's leading to chaos, clashes, and violence in the streets and things like that. So that's that's serious. We have this pandemic, this health crisis, and this massive lockdown, which has destroyed our economy. So presidential election in dispute, shuttered and destroyed economy, NYPD arresting people for serving them food. You hear about this? 
Some some cops put on plain clothes, went and ordered food, and then arrested the guy when he served them. I'll tell you how crazy things are getting. And now we have what may be the most substantive, consequential hack in the history of our government. I know it's not the, uh, it's easy to say when we haven't had cyber infrastructure, you know, <laughs> until the past couple of decades, but you know what I mean? Like, it's still significant. Our systems have been infiltrated to an extreme degree. And then we have this, solar winds appearing on the Dominion website. This is probably one of the craziest periods of American history. And I tell you, I think we're resilient. I think we can uh, uh, survive. I think we'll get by. We'll figure it out. But I think we're going to see ex- substantive changes to this country because I don't know if you saw that 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 video that uh, uh, that uh, what you call it, that astrology woman on Twitter who was like, Biden has the seventh you know, house access. He's going to win the presidency, all that stuff. She said there is going to be a fundamental change to the to the nature of rulership in this country. Not that I actually think she's right, but I do think it's kind of funny about what's going on. So maybe as Jupiter and Saturn are set to align on December 21st, isn't that the solstice? <laughs> isn't this crazy? We just had a meteor shower, all of these celestial events. Oh man, crazy days indeed. Maybe something does happen. Maybe Trump says, I'm not leaving. That's what they're apparently reporting now, that Trump is saying he's not going to leave. What are they going to do? If Trump has loyalists who agree with him, imagine there's, there's police who just agree with Trump. Or there's people in the White House who believe in Trump and will not. Look, if Trump puts Trump supporters, key, key loyalists in key positions, Trump will say, I refuse to leave. And they'll say, we agree. Legitimacy. Confidence. And do you think down the chain, the, the, the lower ranking uh, National Guardsmen or police officers are going to do anything? No. If the people at the highest positions say outright, it is so, then the lower tier people just fall in line. And we've seen that. It's been proven to us. So I'll tell you this. When Governor Cuomo spits in your face and laughs and then instructs the police to arrest you for it, and they do because they're oath breakers over in New York City, arresting small business owners for serving food. What do you think happens when Donald Trump says to them, arrest Joe Biden? Do you think they're going to be like, no, they're going to be like, I don't know, man. Look, I was just told by the president I got to arrest this guy. So we'll see who has the political willpower. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm telling you, we're in the probably look, you can't look at all of this and just think nothing is going to happen. Maybe, but I don't. I'm not saying what is going to happen is going to be Donald Trump staying in office, but something is going to break. Maybe it will be uh, Trump just saying, Look at this, you know, Dominion used solar winds. Solar winds was hacked. It's Russia and China. Ratcliffe is saying that. And maybe that's all Trump needs. And maybe he can enact Presidential Directive 51, which is an old executive order. And maybe the American people will fall in line. Now, the resistance types, the Democrats, they claim to be the resistance, but they're ma- they are the massive multinational corporations. Funny, right? They'll scream and they'll spit and they'll yowl. But I think across the country, you will have many military members being like, the president gave me an order, period. That's it. Doesn't matter. It won't. We'll see. Trump is saying, I, I, it's being reported that Trump is saying he won't leave. But a lot of Trump supporters are just going, come on, Trump's going to leave. That's so ridiculous. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not entirely convinced. There was a period where I thought that would be silly. But then I saw that these, these attorney general, attorneys general, many different states, 
I'm sorry, not, not the attorney generals, the uh, district attorneys are threatening Trump with criminal prosecution and imprisonment. So if Trump has no choice, because if, if he leaves office, they'll try to arrest him. Congratulations. You've made the choice for him. We'll see how it plays out. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Republican politicians should be very concerned about what their party will look like if there is no Donald Trump leading the charge. With the runoff coming in Georgia pretty soon, in fact, voting, I believe, is already happening, and no Trump on the ticket. I'm not entirely convinced the Republicans are going to win. More importantly, with Mitch McConnell abandoning Trump and calling on Republicans not to support him on January 6th for the Electoral College vote count, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a ton of Trump supporters to say, then I won't support you either. But there is one other group, well, kind of two other groups that are in sheer panic over what the future will hold without Donald Trump. Why, we have the media, of course, CNN and MSNBC fret over post-Trump future, says the New York Times. And the never-Trumper Republicans over the Lincoln Project are now like, well, you know, to be completely honest, like, we're actually anti-Republican too, which makes no sense. Because apparently the Lincoln Project was formed to say, we are principled Republicans who just think Donald Trump is bad. And with your support, we can restore the Republican Party. Now that they think Trump is on the way out, and most people do for obvious reasons, they're starting to panic about what they're actually going to do. So the Lincoln Project, which is based around being the party of Abraham Lincoln, the Republican Party, now is the pro-Democrat Lincoln Project, which Lincoln literally fought a war against the Democrats and soundly defeated them. But uh, okay, make an organization called the Lincoln Project that helps the Democrats. Fine, sure, whatever. It's no secret that before Donald Trump, the media was seriously facing, like, on the verge of collapse. The words of the former CEO of Vice, Shane Smith, what was once the hottest properties when he said, we will see a bloodbath in digital media. And it wasn't just digital. It was everywhere. I mean, CNN even downsized their studio. There were buyouts. Many organizations have seen uh, layoffs, mergers, sale after sale, acquisition, companies just outright collapsing. But the one thing that really held them all together was orange man bad. Oh, it, it hurts to see him go. These poor media companies are going to have nothing to write about, and they know it. And that's the big question many are asking. What next? Well, there's been talk about potential Trumpism. Maybe they'll write about Trump supporters and uh, where they go next. Maybe Donald Trump will form a shadow government. That's the best they could muster up right now. And you know, I got to be honest. I wanted to make this segment about the Donald Trump shadow government, but it's just too stupid. Listen, Donald Trump may stay and do something. I don't know, but I'm not going to sit here and entertain these stories that claim Donald Trump is going to refuse to leave the White House. That's what they're claiming or that, you know, he's going to form some kind of shadow government. You know, it's, it's just crazy to me. Maybe he will. OK, fine. What am I? I can't make these predictions. Sure. But I tell you. The media is doing everything in its power to can like to try and drum up some kind of shock content. Maybe things are just more boring than that. Maybe there really will be some kind of civil war. I don't know. But I can tell you this. The media wants it more than ever. If it bleeds, it leads. If anything will spark chaos, conflict and contempt for, you know, among people for their fellow man, it's going to be the mainstream media, making sure that no matter what happens, 
There's always something bad. Life is always awful. You know, it's funny. I'm kind of doing the same thing. Calling out the media for what the media does is me in the media doing essentially the same thing. Isn't kind of stupid? There's a lot of problems, but I do still think that I'm doing much better of a job than they are because at least calling out the absurdities is the best I can do. Now, to be fair, I do talk about the potential for some kind of civil conflict or war or whatever quite a bit. And maybe I can only say, well, that's my honest opinion. But I can tell you that the mainstream media is laying it on as thick as possible and telling you to your face that without Trump, they're in panic mode. And the never Trumpers at the Lincoln Project are pretending they ever actually cared about any of this. It's a grift. Look, before all of this happened, before Trump, before COVID and all this, I, you know, earlier in the year, I did a segment for the Tim Castell podcast. We were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog and Birds of Prey and movies and cultural issues. So I'll tell you this. If Trump leaves, I don't care who's in office. I'm going to be talking about what's going on. But they don't know what they're going to talk about because they were collapsing already. Maybe it's a market share issue, but sure. Let's dive into the latest crazy conspiracies of the media concerned about Donald Trump's refusal to leave office and the coming Trump shadow government. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. Got a P.O. box. You want to send me some stuff. But the best thing you can do Share this video. If you think I do a good job, it's rational and reasonable, and you appreciate me calling out the media and the never Trump grifters, then please consider sharing this video because it really does help support the channel. And don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, hit that notification bell. Here's the story from the New York Times. Ratings have hit new highs, but executives and journalists at both networks, CNN and MSNBC, are uneasy about the year ahead. They say CNN and MSNBC thrived during the Trump years, reaching new heights in ratings and revenue while devoting countless primetime hours to criticizing a White House antagonist, their viewers just could not quit. Now faced with a Trumpless future, top executives at the rival cable networks have summoned star anchors and producers in private messages in recent weeks, seeking answers to a pressing question. What's next? People at both networks know that viewers who abhorred President Trump may no longer need their nightly therapy sessions with Rachel Maddow or Don Lemon. And President-elect Joe Biden seems unlikely to generate the 24-7 grist of drama and scandal that resurrected cable news, taking it from a dying medium to a focal point of modern politics. So even as CNN smashed a 40-year viewership record last month, and MSNBC notched its highest ratings since its founding in 1996, Journalists and executives at the network say they are uneasy about the year ahead. What happens, asked one MSNBC on-air personality, when you don't need us? We didn't need you in the first place. You were just lying and spewing bile and vile garbage in our faces. And a lot of people were just addicted to the outrage. Look, I fully understand. There's probably a, it, it, it goes both ways. It is. I'll tell you one thing, though. My criticism has often been with the establishment politicians of which they're still in control and the mainstream media. Maybe we're all just dogs chasing cars and we wouldn't know what to do if we ever actually caught one. Maybe then you just sit back and say, I don't know. And that's what these news organizations are going to do. They got nothing left to complain about. Congratulations. You chased the orange man out. You're going to go after Joe Biden now. I don't know. They might make you look like hypocrites. Maybe what they'll do from now on is just to make the Republicans even more of the bad guys than they've already been doing for quite some time. Perhaps they don't need Trump. 
They'll just say the remnants of Trumpism and squeeze every last drop they can. Like this story. What do we got here? Donald Trump reportedly told staff he won't leave the White House. He won't leave the White House, they say. Yeah, Trump is telling people he's refusing to leave because we're not quite at January 20th yet, where Trump is supposed to vacate. Well, and we're not at January 6th yet. But I'll tell you what really, really grinds my gears. They keep saying it's over. It's over. It's over. Trump lost everybody. It's over. It's over because they, they want you to click it. They want the people who are addicted to the media to be clicking it, being like, yay, we won. Trump lost again. Trump lost again. And then they come out with these same articles. Trump won't leave. Trump won't leave. Pick one. Is it over? Is Trump leaving? Or are you going to keep screaming and vomiting in our faces? I just can't stand it. Now, I'll tell you, we have real problems. We have governors who are violating the Constitution, like Cuomo. Talk about a despot. That guy's nuts. We have very serious problems. We actually have a problem with the economy right now. We have people losing their jobs and losing their homes. They're being evicted. And it's because of these Democratic despots. Trump was not the dictator they claimed he was. So while they screamed as loud as possible in our ears, orange man bad, it was the Democrats destroying the economy. And what do we get? Well, listen, my respect to Josh Hawley and to Bernie Sanders for coming together on some kind of stimulus plan or package. We'll see if it actually happens, right? But why is it that it was the Republican who had to come to the Democrat to propose a solution the Democrats wanted when it was Democratic governors who destroyed the economy in the first place? We got things to, to complain about. It certainly is not Donald Trump. And I'll tell you my favorite part in all of this. My favorite part is never Trump movement splinters as its villain heads for the exit. My friend, what my friends, what did you think the never Trumper Lincoln project was going to do once they were making all this money? But then Trump certainly couldn't be president forever. I mean, even if he did win reelection, it's only four more years, right? Well, here's what Politico says. Is there a market for an anti-Trump Republican party now? Said one prominent member of the anti-Trump Lincoln project. I would say no. So guess what they're now claiming? They're now claiming they're anti-Republican. So how is it the Lincoln Project? The Republicans are the party of Lincoln. Politico reports the defeat of Donald Trump might have been the easy part for never Trump Republicans. Next up, taking on the more elusive target of Trumpism. Oh, fantastic. With their boogeyman gone from office. More than a dozen leaders of the never Trump movement said in interviews that they see their work as far from over once Joe Biden is sworn in on January 20th. They want to keep the heat on Republicans who serve as Trump foot soldiers and to provide cover for those who reject far out conspiracy, who reject far out conspiracy theories and attacks on democracy. OK, so you're telling me Trump is going to refuse to leave. You're telling me his foot soldiers will remain. These people are just desperate for money. That's it. They're lying to your faces. Now, of course, you have diehard Trump supporters who keep saying Trump is going to win. I personally do not agree. I think Joe Biden will be the president. And I think one thing is true. Like with many other Democratic uh, presidents, the mainstream media will just fall back and give Joe Biden a clear runway to do whatever he wants. Now, I don't know how long Biden will last. I think ultimately we'll see a Kamala Harris presidency. The far left didn't like it when I said that it was kind of a bummer that we'd get our first female president through procedure instead of, you know, an actual vote. They were like, how dare you? What do you mean? How dare me? Maybe I was over the target when I said that. 
Maybe that's what's actually going to end up happening. And it's not far fetched to think, look, with all due respect to Joe Biden, I'm not trying to drag him for his age and with uh, all due contempt for his corruption. I'm not trying to rag on him for being old, but come on, the dude's pretty old. I think it's reasonable to say he's probably not going to last a full term. And I'm not trying to be mean about it. He's just 78. He's actually, I believe that's past standard life, average life expectancy. Now, to be fair, he's a rich guy. He can afford all the best health care, right? So, you know, we'll see how long he lasts. Either way, Kamala Harris is going to be doing a lot of the work. But here's the best part. Let's read this. They say more than a dozen leaders of the Never Trump movement said in interviews, they see their work from far from over. But how how to do it is another story. After beating Trump and creating a, a permission structure for some GOP voters to back Biden, the task now, they said, is to turn back Republicans embrace of authoritarianism and transform their party in the process. I'll tell you what they're actually doing. The Lincoln Project is an excuse for people to claim they're conservatives but support authoritarianism. The Republicans haven't been the one shutting everything down and destroying people's lives while going and getting fancy haircuts and celebrating and partying and going out to restaurants. Why? That is, in fact, the Democrats. The Republicans have been actually not very authoritarian. In fact, they're doing almost nothing. It's Antifa, the far left, that goes around smashing things up and setting autonomous zones. It's Democratic governors who are the ones passing, uh, declaring these edicts or ordering these orders. And it's the police in these cities who just blindly follow and say, whatever you say, boss, whether it's a law or not, oath breakers and morons. I have no sympathy for these people, these off these cops. Yet they're going to claim it's the Republicans the whole time. I'll tell you what they're really saying. They're saying they're coming for libertarianism. That's it. Be it left or right. Now, people like to claim that Antifa is left libertarian. That is not true. Left libertarians do not use violence to get their way. That's not liberty. That's authority. Beating people is to assert your authority over them to force them to do what you want. Liberty is through free trade, free markets, through cooperation and understanding and agreements, contracts, etc. That's what they're mad about. The Trump base is not authoritarian. In fact, they're quite libertarian. Donald Trump wants to end the war. They don't like that. And guess what? Trump says he's going to veto the defense bill as a big F you middle finger to the establishment. And they rally against him, Democrats and Republicans alike. It is the authoritarian structure that is fighting back and trying to win. Now, the never Trumpers admit the task is daunting. They're vastly outnumbered in a party dominated by Trump, even after his defeat. They say the reality is, is there a market for an anti-Trump Republican party now? Ted Stewart Stevens, I would say no. Just keeping the coalition that elected Biden together will be a challenge in and of itself, said Evan McMullen, who mounted a conservative third party presidential bid in 2016. Moving forward, the movement has to, quote, bring more Republicans onto our side of this fight. What does that even mean? You have most uh, you, you, you have the Republican leadership for the most part. I guess the, uh, the minority leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy, sided the Texas lawsuit, sided with the Texas lawsuit and supported Trump. Sure. But Mitch McConnell is certainly saying don't support Trump on January 6th. Can we recruit never Trumpers to run for what? Democrat policies? A former, says Tim Miller, a former spokesman person for Jeb Bush and a leading never Trumper. Oh, great. That guy's just oozing charisma. They go on to basically mention they're anti-Republican and that's it. Just admit it. But you know what? I don't care about the Republicans either. I don't care about any of these crony sycophants. It's all absolute garbage. But I'll tell you. 
They like to talk about a Trump shadow government, Trump refusing to leave. You know, to be honest, maybe there's something to it. Trump's certainly not giving up, right? We have this story from Just the News. No backing down. Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis says election stolen from President Trump. She described this as an egregious error that must be remedied. So perhaps when CNN produces their unhinged ramblings claiming that Donald Trump is telling people he will refuse to leave, maybe they're being honest. I don't know. Ultimately, I'm not entirely sure what to make of all of this. I know the media is desperate to push that narrative. I know at the same time that the left is claiming Trump won't leave, they're claiming it's fear mongering to say that he won't leave. And there's no real consensus as to what's actually going to happen. And there is a journalist I actually respect, Michael Tracy, who says in an article for Unheard, enter Trump, America's first shadow president. Maybe that's what might happen. Donald Trump will launch some kind of movement. Maybe he'll refuse to leave. Maybe he'll go to Mar-a-Lago to the Winter White House, then claim to be the actual president, refuse to back down, and people will actually follow him. And maybe that's how we actually get some kind of civil war or conflict. I don't know. I can't see Antifa lining up behind Biden in any kind of conflict, but maybe they, they hated Donald Trump. And many of many of these far left activists voted for Joe Biden and propped him up. And it's really funny to hear someone like Jimmy Dore call. Uh, I, I forget what he called. Uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's a lefty, but he called Joe Biden uh, what, like a demented old man and a cop, Kamala Harris, you know. So good on him for calling it out. And so it's, it's people like Jimmy where I see there's probably a lot of uh, uh, leftists who aren't going to line up behind Joe Biden. Maybe Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the most hated administration we've ever seen. But does that mean the media and the grifters are going to go after them? They can't. It would violate what their brand is. Well, maybe that's wrong. Maybe they can. Maybe it's too it's too much of a blanket statement to say they can't. Maybe these news outlets might just be like, wow, oh, I can't believe it. Look at Hunter Biden. Look what he's doing, which is what they're kind of doing now. now Donald Trump isn't going to back down. And maybe that's true. And maybe Trump and Trumpism will persist. And maybe the establishment machine would actually like it. I mean, they're going to need a boogeyman, right? They want their boogeyman, but they want their power. That's why we see stories like this from the Chicago Sun-Times. Get ready for Donald Trump's shadow government. Other Republicans in a fear of the wrath of Trump supporters will obstruct Joe Biden at every turn. That's what's happening right now. But this story is from almost a month ago. Would they stand by these same statements? CNN said it. Axio said there will be a decoupling. And so I do think it's fair to say that we are in serious trouble, that we're on the verge of some kind of major conflict. And I think it's funny, too. I'll point this out, that Michael Tracy, I respect the guy, I think he's a good journalist, has repeatedly dismissed the idea of any kind of civil war or conflict, saying that these people are just pushing this idea. It's fear mongering. But if you, Michael, if you're going to write a story where you say America's first shadow president, the election may be over, but the political influence of the former commander in chief is not. I think you're actually arguing what I and many other people have been arguing. Trump's not just going to walk away and Trump supporters will not accept this. For Unheard, he writes in his first few paragraphs, essentially, the Electoral College has voted for Joe Biden. I'm not going to read through everything he says, but what he does say, quote, what's far from over, however, is the political influence of Trump. No one can say with total certainty what he'll do when he eventually leaves office. No one can even say exactly on what terms he's going to leave. But in just over a month now, 
we may face a scenario that would be a first in modern U.S. history, an aggrieved former president making a competing claim to the presidency and refusing in perpetuity to acknowledge the reality of his defeat. In other words, a shadow president, Trump's lack of compunction about doing something like this would seem to solidify his position as the most thoroughgoing post-exceptionalist president since at least World War II. That is, he's entirely unmoved by the kind of bipartisan American exceptionalism dogma that had previously bound together the elite U.S. political class across party lines. It, it's the dogma which holds that. In short, the U.S. possesses a singular uniqueness that sets it apart in all of world history, often blended together with notions of Christian providence it describes the very foundations of the U.S. constitutional order with a kind of divine import. Let me let me slow down and kind of bring this all together. I'm going to get to the point. The media needs Trump and needs the boogeyman. But what if they don't have that boogeyman? Well, then the media will start to lose influence and any kind of singular cohesive message that we have remaining will start to break down. As the Internet and social media became more and more prominent, the establishment elites have desperately tried to control it. They weren't really paying attention to what was happening online several years ago, and we ended up getting a Donald Trump presidency. They panicked, and now they're banning people left and right. And we're going to come to the point where only verified individuals will actually have the right to speak. We saw it on some websites already. I'll keep it family friendly and not mention what those websites do. But they got rid of all non-verified content. We're moving towards that on YouTube. That's their desperate bid to control things. But what happens if Donald Trump doesn't go away and his supporters remain on places like Rumble, a video hosting site, or Library or Minds.com? What happens when they communicate on Parler and we get two distinct media ecosystems? Without Trump actually in the presidency, is anyone on the left actually going to care about what some old man is doing at his golf resort? Probably not. But his supporters will be listening to him. They'll be listening to him and they'll be following many of these politicians. Maybe that will be enough to ignite some kind of conflict where we'll actually see a balancing of the main of different mainstream media apparatuses, apparatus, I, whatever the word is. Here's what I'm trying to say. The media is collapsing. The grifters are losing power because they don't have the boogeyman. They are going to lose much of their influence. But Trump supporting networks will stay where they are, which means They'll kind of even out as to the message they're getting out, who's listening and who is supporting which side. It's exactly what you need for some kind of elevating conflict. I don't think necessarily that Trump will be a shadow president, but honestly, I don't know. I do think it would. part of me wants to believe that Trump is just going to say goodbye and leave when he gets out of office. But I don't think Trump's just going to leave outright. And what if they do try to arrest him? I saw a post. You know, a couple weeks ago, they said that 23%, 23.6% of all U.S. dollars were printed this year. Now more posts are going around. They're saying it's actually up to 35%. This is bringing about serious concern and fears of hyperinflation. So you know what rich people are doing? They're buying up property. They're buying gold. They're buying Bitcoin. Bitcoin now at its all-time high, like $23,000. The people who are supposed to be in the know are acting like some bad stuff's about to happen. So what happens if the mainstream media loses its boogeyman, loses, loses influence, can't maintain a cohesive narrative over the left and the resistance, starts to break down, and smaller networks emerge and remain in place? 
different factions, different tribes, and a recipe for total chaos, a loss of confidence in the establishment government, and the fact that both progressives and Trump supporters alike hate Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The progressives may hate Donald Trump more than they hate Joe Biden, but let's be real. Everybody hates Joe Biden except the crony establishment. And that is not enough of a coalition to remain in power. Now, we can talk about what constitutes a legitimate government and official documents, whatever. But really, it's just about it's really just about confidence, as I've said over and over and over again. And let me show you what breaks that confidence from just the news. Ken Starr to the Senate. Pennsylvania flagrantly violated laws ahead of presidential election. Apparently, Rand Paul said a dozen states or two dozen states changed their rules without going to the legislature, calling those result, uh, those votes into question as well. In Arizona, Republicans uh, in the Senate have issued subpoenas to Maricopa County for ballots and election equipment. The challenges aren't over, and the confidence is, is, is what is important here. The media knows that they're on the verge of collapse and they can't afford to, to stay afloat. The country is being divided basically straight down the middle. Trump supporters don't trust the mainstream media and for good reason. And the left doesn't trust conservative media because they're told by the mainstream media it's fake news. So what ends up happening? The grifters are, are losing power. The media in turn is losing power. Trump supporters are growing alt alternative networks and ways to communicate and things to share. Parler may be an echo chamber, but Twitter is an echo chamber on the other side. And at the very least on Twitter, both factions make their own echo chambers. Now, it's worse on the left because conservatives do know what the left is thinking for the most part. But what happens when you see evidence come out of Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and the left says there is no evidence? You can talk about Trump and his shadow government. You can talk about all the fear mongering, whatever you want. But it's regular people. It's not the Trumpism movement. That's just the boogeyman for the left faction. In the end, all that matters is who will believe who. I think the media is going to collapse. I think they're panicking for good reason. But something else will happen. We'll lose maybe a lot of the New York, New York Times may lose a lot of influence. But Antifa style websites, progressive news outlets will emerge in their stead. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the New York Times will just have to embrace further far left policies in, an, in a desperate effort to keep people in, engaging and interacting with them. They'll claim Republicans are the authoritarians. Trumpism is the problem. But think about what Trump Trumpism is. What? Working class families asking for better trade agreements? Boring. The far left is talking about banning private health insurance outright. They're talking about having a mandate for who you can have on the, on, on the board of certain companies. They're trying to repeal civil rights law in California. They want complete overhauls to the system. They think all cops are bad. And while I've certainly been on a cop rant from big cities, not all cops are bad. That's absurd. They want way more extreme positions. The mainstream media is entertaining them in a desperate bid to maintain some revenue and relevance. So they will give the far left exactly what they want. And the right will go to right wing outlets and to, to, you know, to websites like Parler for their communications. And that will cause the decoupling of this country. So call it what you want. Tell me I'm wrong, whatever. First things first, it's funny to watch the media panic. What comes next? Honestly, I can't say. I'm not a psychic, but I'll leave it there. 
Next segment's coming up tonight, live, youtube.com slash TimCastIRL. Check out the show. We'll be talking talking about a bunch of other news stories, maybe go more in-depth on many of these stories. And uh, again, youtube.com slash TimCastIRL, and that will be live at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Since the vaccine has made its way to various cities and states, we've seen a bunch of PR videos showing a box being delivered by UPS or FedEx and people clapping and delivery people carrying the boxes down the hall to the doctors and opening it up and telling everybody we got the vaccine, baby. Then they started sitting people down to give them the vaccine. And something weird happens in one of these videos. In a story from KTSM, an NBC affiliate. They say questions raised over vaccine injection at UMC event. UMC says nurse received second shot to eliminate doubt over vaccination. Let me give you the gist of this, y'all. The video shows a a doctor or a nurse administering what they say is a vaccine, but the syringe is already depressed. There's nothing in it. They pop the cap off of a syringe that has clearly not got the vaccine in it, stick the needle in the dude's arm, and then the dude clearly realizes there's nothing in it and pulls it out. Oops. I think there's a really simple solution to this video, guys. He didn't put the vaccine in it. <laughs> it's that simple. So I don't know if uh, if these vaccines are, I, I don't think they're coming preloaded in shots. Sometimes they do when, um, when I got a vaccine. I think so. I could be wrong. I went, uh, I mentioned this before, I got uh, several shots when I was traveling around working for Vice, and I'm pretty sure the guy like opened a package, there was a vaccine in a syringe. But I also think he might have actually had uh, like little vials, so I'm not entirely sure. Maybe, maybe the simple solution is this, all right? The dude had the needle and was supposed to take the cap off, you know, put it in and t- pull some of the, you know, vaccine into it, measure it or whatever, and he didn't do it. Either way. You, I, you see stories like this. It's not confidence building. And when I tweeted the video out, I want to play the video for you can, so you can see, because it is kind of weird. I'll, I'll just play it right now. Now, this news report where they're explaining people actually caught this. It's a good thing, by the way. The story is great. When I first saw this video and posted it, I had some Democrat guy be like, you're so anti-vaccine, Tim. Why are you so anti-vaccine? Listen, I want you to watch this video right now. I'll describe it to you. There, you let, me, let me pause it. Let me, let me, okay, so you see the syringe is going into this nurse's arm, but when it's going in right now, you can see there's, there's nothing there. The plunger's already depressed. Okay, like I said, simple solution to this, right? Here's the bigger picture I want to get through. I have a bunch of stories. I think the mainstream media, these news outlets are trying to freak us out about the vaccine. I mean it. Look, you have these, these, these PR events or whatever. We don't need them. It's the weirdest thing to me. We have flu shots every year. You tell people there's the flu shot. Have at it. We don't care. But the media keeps putting out all these stories. First, we have this one. Well, they, they, they did a PR event, I guess, to tell everybody, look, we got the vaccine. And then they used an empty syringe. People are going to be like, what is this? So I had this Democrat guy say I was anti-vax. I'm like, what about anything I'm criticizing is anti-vax at all? And he's like, you're casting vaccines in a negative light. The dude literally did not receive a vaccine. I'm casting the PR event in a negative light because this is making people doubt whether or not they should get the vaccine. And I'm going to show you something. I I am going to argue against this. Let me first say on the IRL podcast, I said, listen, 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 folks, friends, people, 
Nothing. I don't see any. I don't see a likelihood of really bad things happening with this vaccine. Life is just infinitely more boring than that. There's a lot of people who are concerned about, you know, some like side effects, sicknesses, anaphylaxis, Bell's palsy and things like this. These are exceedingly rare. But what I first said was when they got the vaccine out, I'm not worried about it. Listen, first of all, I'm 34. I'm a dude. I'm not getting the vaccine. You know why? They're not going to let me get it. That's the first and most important thing. You're, if you're not eligible, you can't get it. Um, so I, I came out and said, it's probably going to be fine. People are overreacting. And this is, look, people are going to go get the, they get the flu shot all the time. We don't see stories like this. It doesn't happen. But there can be side effects. That's a fact. And, and, and you really should understand, you know, there are side effects now. That's what I said at first. I did issue a correction after the fact, because the, in the UK, they said that they're only allowing the vaccine to be administered if resuscitation uh, rem, uh, uh, measures are readily available. Because two nurses had an anaphylactic reaction. Now, if you're allergic to bees or you have severe food allergies, you understand what that means. And for those that aren't familiar, it means your face swells up, your eyes swell shut, and your throat can close. So people carry around EpiPen auto injectors. It's epinephrine. It's an adrenaline analog. So when these people in the UK were getting the vaccine, some of them went into an had a, went into uh, I guess it's called anaphylactic shock or had an anaphylactic reaction. They jammed in the EpiPen or whatever, and then these people recovered. Apparently, some of the individuals who did have an anaphylactic, re- anaphylactic reaction are saying they're going to get the shot again for the second dose. You see, this is the kind of stupidity we get from the mainstream media that is making people freak out. So don't come to me and blame me when it's mainstream news stories pointing these things out. As I've shown you in this video, they did this. Look at this. The, the syringe didn't have anything in it. <laughs> what are they doing? Let me show you some of these other stories because this one was big. We have this one. USA Today fact check. A false post on social media claims COVID-19 vaccine causes infertility in women. Okay, I guess there's no real getting around any of this. You're going to have competing worldviews. And so long as people are allowed to share information, they're going to believe whatever they want. Let me just make one thing clear. I really, really, really doubt that the COVID-19 vaccine is some grand conspiracy to make people infertile. That's the show Utopia. I jokingly have brought it up in the past. Here's how things are going to play out. First, there have been people who developed Bell's palsy after getting the vaccine. Now, in the UK, they said they didn't find, I, I, I think, actually, I'm sorry, no, it was, it was the trials. I think it was in the US. They didn't consider it to be significant because the rate at which people got Bell's palsy was not different from the normal rate you'd see, you know, in, in, in public or whatever. The problem with that is that things cause bell palsy. That's what they're not, Bell's palsy. So for those unfamiliar, your half your face gets paralyzed and nerve gets pinched and it can last uh, up to a few months. Typically people start to feel better in a few days, but it can last a little while. And so people's like faces droop and stuff like that. They're saying, but, it, but it's not any different than the natural, like, you know, uh, statistics on people getting Bell's palsy. The issue is there's still the correlation. I'm not all that worried about it for one simple reason. First and foremost, Yes, I think we're going to start seeing mandatory vaccinations in certain institutions. Like in the medical industry, I think they're telling people they have to get the vaccine. Okay, this is likely only going to cover a small percentage of various industries. So I am I am rather uh, uh, pro-vaccine for sure. 
I think people need to have the choice. I don't like the idea of businesses being like, if you haven't been vaccinated, you can't come here. If you haven't been vaccinated, you can't go on these planes. And if you get, you know, like, look, this dude who got the shot on TV and there was nothing in it, they say that they gave him another shot. Imagine if we didn't call that out. And this Democrat guy was like, you're making people fear you're so anti-vax. If I if we said nothing and said, I don't want to bring it up, this dude would go around thinking he's vaccinated. OK, he's not more. Ultimately, I think it should be a choice. The government should not force medication on people. And there's probably going to be a nightmarish and dystopian corporate pressure that I'm really worried about. Small businesses are being shuttered and corporate chains are popping up. That's a fact. And we're seeing you know, the likes of Amazon and Walmart doing really, really well as the COVID lockdown destroys small businesses. OK, the problem arises when Walmart says you have to have the vaccine to shop there. Well, if the government destroyed the small businesses that serve our communities and replaced it with these major corporations, and now they won't let us in unless we have some kind of medication, you see that there's an, a sidestep to making something mandatory. That's a problem. I think the vaccine is going to be, for the most part, fine for people. Personally, I have allergies. Actually, I have quite a few. Uh, they're not all severe. I have I have one, but uh, for the most part, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think it's kind of normal. I don't really encounter this on a day-to-day basis, but there are certain things I, I can't eat. It's normal for a lot of people. So I will not be able to get the vaccine. That's it. End of story for me, I guess. Most people, if you are between the ages of, I think it's like, 13 or not even I think if it's like if you're under the age of 70 you're never going to see this unless you work in the medical field we may start seeing uh, uh the, the corporate thing pop up that I don't like but so so let me let me let me let me point out something else I want to read this infertility thing to you but I want to show you this other story here from Politico Alaska reports adverse reaction from Pfizer vaccine and health worker the patient experienced an anaphylactic reaction and was taken to the emergency room Anaphylactic reactions are normal for vaccines. And this is the important thing about informing people on the actual risks. This is why I can't stand that there's the stupidity in, in the whole vaccine debate. If I were to tell you that there are risks and side effects to getting a vaccine, I get accused of being anti-vax. This guy's yelling at me on Twitter, this Democrat guy, because the UK's National Health Service, the NHS, issued a warning that if you have allergies, don't get the vaccine. And I do. So I was like, wow, that's probably really important if we want to save lives. And they get mad. You're either everybody should just go and just demand they get shot up with the vaccine. And then you also have, you know, anti-vax individuals. Why can't we have a regular conversation about this? There are side effects. It shouldn't be mandatory. How simple is that? Some people get rushed to the emergency room. So please don't get mad at me when Politico writes a story about one person going into having an anaphylactic reaction. Why is it that for years we can have people say things like, I can't remember who it was. There was some celebrity lady. And she said, not in any way anti-vax. Just think people should have a choice as to whether or not that, you know, they get vaccinated. And they called her an anti-vaxxer. And now Politico's like, one person had an allergic reaction. I, I, I know people have allergic reactions to really weird things. If you want to get the vaccine, I believe it should be a choice. And to an extent, if private businesses want to, to mandate it, well, that's a private business. To an extent, if they shut down everything and the only thing available to us is like a big box store, then I don't think they should be allowed to restrict access. And an interesting conversation about this with uh, uh, partly with Hunter Avalon, who's the YouTuber on the IRL podcast. 
And uh, I'm not sure if this made it to the show or whatever, but I w- we were talking about whether or not we should, uh, businesses should be mandated to serve customers. And my point was, if the government shuts down every supermarket, and not every, but most of them, or specialty stores, and the only place you can go for things you need is Walmart, then I don't think they have a right to restrict access to anybody. Within, within reason, of course. Like, obviously, if someone is, you know, taking a dump on the floor or something, sure, by all means, kick them out. But for a vaccine, no, I don't think so. Of course, they'll argue a medical, you know, oh, you're going to get people sick and all that stuff. I don't like it. And uh, that's, that's, that, that, I think, is the actual problem we're facing, the perfect storm of these circumstances, all right? But let me tell you something else, all right? And then we'll go back to the fertility thing, because that, that one really needs to be addressed. Vin Gupta, he appeared on, I think it was MSNBC. He tweeted this, I get my vaccine tomorrow, and I'm grateful to the scientists who labored to make this day happen. After the second dose, 21 days later, I will continue masking, distancing, and avoiding travel until Dr. Fauci says otherwise. Stay vigilant, ignore the noise, normal, ignore the noise, normalcy is ahead. This dude goes on TV and says probably one of the stupidest things I think anyone could have even said. You know what? But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's just being honest. He said something to the effect of even if you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID. You can still get infected and you can still spread it. So you got to wear your mask. You can't travel. It's a misconception. Wait, wait, wait. What? <laughs> is this is this serious? What? what are you, you, OK, then what are we doing? Who is this guy and why are they putting him on TV? Because I'll tell you, if he's right and this vaccine, according to this guy, we don't even know if it works. I got to say, I would not be surprised. You know why? Donald Trump warp speed. So many people thought it was impossible. Guess what? Maybe it was. Maybe this is the trial. Like, we're desperate. We got a lockdown. People are scared. Not conservatives, you know, but the left. And so they brushed this out. And that's as simple. It's as simple as that. Now you've got all these different mainstream media outlets that are loving the fear mongering. And this is the worst thing about journalism in today's day and age. Either tell me that everything's okay because it is, or show me every little story you're going to milk for maximum attention. Here's the story from USA Today. They say the claim the COVID-19 vaccine can cause infertility in women. An image going viral on Facebook and elsewhere on social media is lodging a concerning complaint. The COVID-19 vaccine could lead to infertility in women. This comes as the first dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine are, are delivered and administered across the U.S. The image, a screenshot of what appears to be a news article, declares the vaccine is female sterilization. Please don't get your news from memes. All right. I don't trust the mainstream media all that much, and I'm constantly digging in. But memes are nowhere near as good. OK, like you got to do a lot of research on this stuff. They say the vaccine contains a spike protein called syncytin-1 vital for the formation of the human placenta in women. The article's nameless author writes, if the vaccine works so that we form an immune response against the spike protein, we are also training the female body to attack syncytin-1, which could lead to infertility for an unsuspected duration. Okay, USA Today, this is the issue I take. Why did you write this fact check? Because it's shock content? Because people are going to share it And this will make sure more people talk about the vaccine causing infertility. A meme going around on Facebook does not need to have a story written about it. People need to talk to their doctors. 
That's what we should be saying. You shouldn't be bringing up every little meme picture someone makes. Next thing you know, you're going to have USA Today doing a fact check. Does deleting Windows System 32 help solve your, you know, speed up your computer? No, it doesn't. It's a prank. We need people to have critical thinking skills. This ain't it. They say, what is Synsighton 1? In February 2000, researchers at the now defunct Genetics Institute in Cambridge discovered a gene residing within the human genome, blah, blah, blah. The protein encoded by the viral gene was produced only by cells in the placenta, an organ made only during pregnancy that exchanges oxygen and nutrients from mothers to fetus that come into direct contact with the uterus. A sturdy bond between maternal, uterine, and fetal placenta cells was entirely dependent on this protein, which the researchers called syncytin. From the word syncytium, a cell-like structure formed from the joining of many cells. Later, research discovered that humans were not the only ones carrying this anchoring protein, gorillas, chimpanzees, etc. They say it's not the same protein. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines both use messenger RNA, a single strand of genetic code that provides manufacturing, manufacturing instructions. So basically, I, the, the gist of my understanding of how this vaccine is supposed to work based on reading this, is that it programs muscle cells to produce spike protein and then tells the immune system to destroy that. I don't care. I know, I know. Look, a lot of people are uh, uh, posting things where they're concerned about the vaccine. They think the vaccine is going to cause side effects. It actually does have a very high rate of potential for side effects relative to many other vaccines. I believe anaphylaxis was uh, a point... I think it was a 0.685% probability. So that's like one in 160 or so. You really got to make sure you don't have allergies. And this is, this is all part of the guidelines they're putting out. I tell you this. I think for the most part, things are going to be fine. I think we're dealing with a serious issue because this was rushed out for sure. And I think you should have a choice if you want to get it or not. But I don't think it's the apocalypse. And I'll put it this way. The internet and our access to information has really like triggered people in a certain way that we don't normally get every single story about, you know, side effects from vaccinations. Can you tell me what kind of vaccine the yellow fever vaccine is or the polio vaccine or any of these things? I think vaccines are wonderful technology that have done amazing things for us. I'm hearing these stories and a lot of people are pointing out that the mRNA uh, uh, vaccine is dangerous for this, that, and this reason. And I'm just like, look, man, then you should choose whether or not you want to 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 get the vaccine. And there should be certain restrictions on how we set up the rules in the future for restricting access or whatever. If schools want vaccination as part of the process, people should be allowed to homeschool and should be allowed to go to private schools. It's all about choice. The problem is when they say, OK, we're going to make the vaccine. And in order to function in society, you have to have it. We got to maintain freedom of choice. But in my opinion, the problems I have here, you know, I'll, I'll give you another one is the liability protection. You can't rush something out. But I but I guess at the same time, you can't expect expect someone to want to rush things out unless they were protected. So then make your choice and, 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 and don't get this fine. But I've gotten a ton of uh, vaccines in the past. I've gone to, uh, you know, many different countries and I don't know anything about these vaccines. They've just existed. They've many of them have been around much longer than I've been alive. And so I blindly trust them. Maybe I shouldn't. But I seem to be fine, you know, and, and, and I can only trust my doctor. Therein lies the big challenge. When the doctor prescribes you medication, how do you know what it is? So, so when, you know, when I, when I go to the doctor and they say, we're going to give you this medication, I didn't know what it was. I did some research. Turns out, actually, this was a while ago, 
I had uh, some medication that is an antibiotic that could apparently cause like joint issues. It was it was due to I'll just put it this way. My friends, be, be a little candid with you. When you travel the world for years, sometimes the doctors want to give you antiparasitics just in case. So, you know, drinking the water in certain countries, going to the, the rainforest and such, or to, you know, Venezuela, you know, you come back, and the doctor says, let's be careful here. And there are some medications that are bad. And like, if you're doing sports, don't take these and things like that. So you really got to do your research. That's on you. But don't we just trust our doctors? I do, because I'm not a doctor. There's nothing else I can do. I'll just put it this way. It's funny that we get this video. I know a lot of people are going to disagree. This video where they're like, they're just not not giving the, the, the injection to somebody, talk to your doctor about it. And the last thing I want to say is, I just, I just pulled this article up. Pfizer's CEO hasn't gotten his COVID vaccine yet, saying he doesn't want to cut in line. I tell you, man, I think these news outlets really want to undermine our faith in the vaccine. And a lot of people think the vaccine isn't safe. But I'll tell you what, you want to know why I think they like doing this? They hate Donald Trump. Warp speed was Trump's initiative. It worked. The vaccine came out. Everyone's happy about it. And they were claiming the entire time it wasn't possible. So when I see a bunch of stories that are constantly pushing the vaccine, oh, boogeyman, I'm like, yeah, no surprise, because Trump's the one who accomplished it. And now they're forced to acknowledge, yeah, Trump was actually right about it. Listen, there's a middle ground here. If you don't like it, if you're worried about side effects, you should not have to get it. But Donald Trump is responsible for this success with Operation Warp Speed. So now I see these media companies coming out, putting out these stories. What would it, the Pfizer CEO's not getting the vaccine? Okay. Now I don't trust this guy. I don't believe what he's saying. That I don't like. Liability protection, the CEO's not going to get it. You see, you see what they're doing with these stories? I've never questioned the stuff from my doctors before, but they keep putting these stories out. I'm not going to tell you why they're doing it. I want you to make up your mind. You can disagree with me. Please do. You're allowed to. I'm not always right. I'm just trying to think rationally. I go to the doctor all the time. Okay. Well, relatively, like throughout my life, I've been to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor and said, I'm going to go to Egypt and Venezuela, he was like, then you need this shot. And I said, great. Thanks, doc. And then he did the yellow fever one. I think it was like goes in your skin. Oh, that hurt. I didn't question it. I didn't Google it. I just trusted my doctor. And here I am. I don't, know what else, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. I can't live in fear that there's people always have to get me or, you know. But I will tell you this. We've seen Democrats themselves say they're going to wait. My friends, if you are under a certain age, you're not going to get the vaccine anyway. They're, they're doing a, 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 um, a triage system for, you know, people who get the vaccine. So for the time being, stay vigilant, do your research, but please avoid harsh paranoia. Be reasonable about it. And if you have concerns about Bell's palsy and anaphylaxis, you have every right to be because those are legit side effects. And if the Pfizer CEO doesn't want to get it, I'll tell you this. You know what? Far be it from me to jump in line. He's much older than I am, and he needs it more than I do. So fine. I'll get it after he gets it. I got to be honest. I'm probably not going to get it because I have food allergies. And if that's you, well, then, you know, there you go. Simple as that. I don't know what I'll say on this stuff. It just It's just so silly. And these PR stunts have only made things worse. The video of the not really giving the guy the vaccine, it's just nuts. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at uh, the, the Tim Pool YouTube channel. You can find it by searching YouTube for Tim Pool or by going to youtube.com slash TimCast, which is a URL that will bring you to that channel. Yep, just believe me. Give it a try. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all there.